Coming up on you guys, talking sports, we talk about the NBA draft and the results of the NBA draft. We also talk about what's going on with one and done players in college sports and in professional sports as well. My co-hosts, Adrian Catwell and Earl Ross, join me right now, and that's on Guys Talking Sports. All right, welcome to another edition of Guys Talking Sports. Um, again, thank you for all the subscribers and listeners. Without further ado, we're going to get started. I got my co-host with me, Adrian and Earl. Fellas, what's going on, man? How y'all doing? What's going on, big dog? Man, it's another another lovely day in paradise. I like to say, we is the moon, the baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but we're going to get started. Um, we're going to talk about what's been going on in the NBA draft. So I'm just going to let you guys go ahead and talk about it. Of course, Markel Folk be coming in the first pick, um, going to the Philadelphia 76ers after they traded it with uh, Boston Celtics. So, of course, Markel Folks went number one, LeVar Ball went number two, and uh, Jason Tatum went number three to the Celtics. So let's just start there. What are your thoughts? Were there any surprises, um, any, any surprises in the draft that y'all didn't expect to see coming? Um, if I had to sit there and speak up, uh, I'm thinking the Lakers, I'm sorry, the Celtics probably didn't need a Markel Fultz, so the 76ers trading up to get him, it might have been a little bit of a reach in my opinion, but I mean, I, I think it falls in a place. I think if it stays status quo, the top three probably will win the top three. Yeah, I have to agree. I mean, I didn't really see anything with the first two picks um, as far as any kind of, you know, nothing surprised me. I think um, I was surprised the fact that um, I thought the Southerners were going to get Josh Jackson, but they went to Tatum because whatever, I guess he didn't want to come and work out for them or he canceled the workout or whatever. But I do think Jason Tatum might be a slightly better fit in the long run than um, Josh Jackson for the Celtics. But um of course, there's always one surprise. Good old New York Knickerbockers passed on a couple other people to pick a point guard from, from France. Now, I don't know much about them, but uh, I guess we're about to go find out this one. But, of course, the Knicks always do something that just makes you scratch your head for, for a second. Yeah, speaking of which, this whole thing with uh, the Knicks and Stephen A. Smith uh, going <laughs> berserk on first take. <laughs> Having uh, Lamar Odom's uh, lawyer come out <laughs> and issue a uh, please uh, smack Stephen A. Smith on the wrist for saying that his, you know, his uh, his client is on crack. <laughs> I mean, it was it was crazy that you know the whole thing with the the Knicks picking the, the kid from France and how that just set Stephen, Stephen A. Smith off. Well, I must say I didn't hear it, so but he ain't lying about well. Let me phrase that. Allegedly, <laughs> he was doing some substances, but it's not like it's unknown. Well, uh, obviously, uh, Lamar Odom felt some sort of way where his lawyers had to come out and issue a, uh, I'm going to need for Stephen A. Smith to uh, calm it down a little bit type of letter. <laughs> no, a cease and desist, huh? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> mm. 
it's just it's gonna be interesting to see how they how it's gonna be interesting to see what they do in regards to that because Stephen A has been on a tear lately. Um, I I'm, I'm very curious to see what he does. Um, but getting back to the Knicks, uh, I I. You know what? It's funny because everybody, some people actually did choose, pick them. Um, the person that they picked, a lot of people were happy with that decision. So it, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm very curious to see what they do next. But I, the Knicks are the Knicks. That's all I could say at this point. They're the Knicks. There's nothing changing with that. Yeah, I mean, they, they do some things that are a little bit out of the bo- out of the box. And now with Phil Jackson's, you just can't really call it. I mean, he hit a good one with, with, with Porzingis. Um, he's got another European player. We don't know. There was a couple of the good, you know, you know, cats out there. I, I would have liked them to pick the guy from, um, from uh, NC State that they kind of passed up on. But um, I thought he would have been a nice addition to the New York Knicks. But then again... Like you said, there are the Knicks. Uh, sometimes you just don't know. And Phil Jackson has been making everybody kind of like wondering what the heck he's doing. Okay, what was that? I'm sorry. <laughs> as, I'm, as I'm looking at the draft order on ESPN.com, a lovely ad that pops up on either side of the website just started to just go ahead and start talking automatically. So I do apologize. <laughs> don't. There's no reason to apologize. I, I was just curious. I just that just came out of left field. <laughs> but but I was curious because when Stephen A. went on his little rant, he was thinking the net uh, the Knicks would probably would have been better off with uh, Kentucky shooting guard Malik Monk over Dennis Smith. And I mean, you can't really go wrong with either one. But uh, the only difference with Frank. Uh, Nella Lakina, whatever you want to pronounce his last name for France, is that the kid is 18 years old and will develop into probably a pretty good player versus, uh, not to say that these kids aren't 18 and 19 either, but, uh, (laughs) okay, maybe that's a bad analogy. (laughs) Maybe, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right with that. Man, what you think about it, I mean, all these cats, what was it, like um, 10 plus, you know, Freshmen's one and done's that was picked it. Right. I mean, basically, you're you're. How can you really tell if a guy's gonna really gonna turn around your franchise really be that guy when all you really have is a body of work to look at is thirty games with college. I mean, that's the way I feel about uh, Markel Fultz going to Philly. I mean, you know, they're talking about trust the process and they think that this kid will be the missing piece to put Philly over the top. But I'm like. He's still 18 years old, going to be 19, and the core of your team, I think the oldest player might be 22. I mean, I don't. how do you see the Sixers with such a young core try to be uh, becoming an East versus a team like Milwaukee, who has a team who's pretty much young but been together for two or three years already? You know, it's, it's crazy how some people rationalize how this one kid can – probably take a team to the next level being that young. Well, they're not really rationalizing it to that point. I think what they are doing is they're building for the future. While, um, I mean, because usually for you to have like a successful team, um, 
is to have a, uh, you have to be balanced. Um, you could get like some young core pieces that you're going to build for the future while bringing in a veteran pre presence um, to help keep you in, in, you know, winning games and keeping your, your games competitive. And I think that's what Philadelphia is going to do in free agency. I think they're gathering up all these, you know, all these, this talent, this young talent. And to be honest, they do have a good amount of talent. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what they do as far as free agency is concerned, who they bring in. Because if they bring in veteran talent, I mean, like right now, let's say, for example, they're looking to go bring back um, um, Andre Iguodala. So they're interested in doing that. They're interested in bringing in the veteran pieces that help gel this young group of team, uh, young players. Um, and that's what the NBA draft is usually about, just for drafting the right amount of players, the right players um, to build for the future. Uh, screw that. If I was Markel Fultz, I wouldn't want to go to the Sixers because every pick that they play doesn't play the first year. Ben right. Simmons, Embiid, Noel Nerlens all broke their foot or had an injury right out the gate. So I'm like, my biggest surprise of the whole draft is Markel Fultz actually plays an entire first first season and doesn't get his injured foot or leg and then sits out the entire season. So what you think that, that is? Surprise the, me. That's a Philly curse? You think that's the Philadelphia curse? Or, or, or better yet. Get, they draft a PG, a point guard, and then decide after one year they don't want him no more, and they ship him off to the next team to be whomever and look for another point guard. Yeah, I'm going to trust the process. The process got to actually – if I'm trusting the process, that means Fultz is not playing this season, so <laughs> whoa, whoa, they want to have another pick. Hey, Adrian, was that a jab at the Lakers? That was a jab at Milwaukee because Milwaukee poked up uh, when Michael Kale, uh, Gilchrist. You mean uh, Michael Carter-Williams? Yeah, Michael Carter-Williams. He played one year with Philly, and then he's like, nah. And they shipped him off to, uh, to Milwaukee. No, nah, I think he played two, but. He played two? It might have been two. Yeah, I think it was two he because he did because he, he, he won rookie of the year. He won rookie of the year in Philly and then played another year before he got um, traded. Well, obviously, they didn't like the point guard style and just, just cut him loose, so. Yeah, they wanted nothing but centers and power forwards. Now they have three centers slash power forwards. And still, all of them are still there. Somebody got to go. It'd be interesting to see what they do now that Ben Simmons is now fully healthy. Well, quote, unquote, fully healthy. And um, with him, Embiid, and um, Sarek, I'm sorry. Um, it'd be interesting to see what they do with that. Um, you saw how they handle. And they still got your, don't they still got your little Okafor? They still do. Wow. So, so yeah, somebody's gonna get traded. So I mean, somebody has to get traded. Um, that's gonna be interesting. To see. It's an interesting dynamic because now that they had five originally with New Orleans Lowell before they traded him. So it'll be very interesting to see what they do to get a, something back for either whoever goes. It'd be interesting to see who goes. That's really what it boils down to. And, and if I if I read somewhere correctly, I think the Sixers are trying to go after JJ Reddick. Yeah, the Sixers and a couple of other teams are um, looking to go after J.J. Redick at this time. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so Al, uh, let me ask you about your, uh, your Brooklyn Nets. Uh, what do you think about uh, their draft results? Uh, I, I, I'll put it like this. Um, wasn't really my top choice. Um, with the amount of people that was there with the 22nd pick, um, they got Jared Allen. Um, 
didn't know that much about him until I saw some of the highlights and read more information about him. Um, right now, he fits their culture. So, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm okay with the pick. Um, I really didn't want them to give up the 27 pick, but they did with the deal to bring in D'Angelo Russell and Timothy Moskow. So, um, to be honest, I'm, I'm happy with that trade. I know a lot of people was, like, upset because Brook Lopez is gone. But don't get me wrong, I love Brook Lopez, but um, we got to work towards the future. And D'Angelo Russell has the potential to be a future point guard, a future star. And um, him and Jeremy Lin can coexist. So, I'm not, you know – Jared Allen to me is is a prospect for them to see how they do down the road. They're just building for the future, so I can't complain about the pick. We shall but, see. But I do want to get back to the New York Knicks for a second, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm put it like this: the draft to me, as far as drafting the players, to me is not really a big issue as much as what they're going to get in free agency. That's where I'm looking to see some changes. Um, I don't think, I mean, to be honest, the draft this year really didn't do anything for me to still, you know, change how I felt. Like like you said, Adrian, there's nobody that's going to be really an impact, an immediate impact um, on his team, at least not right now. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what they do as far as the teams is concerned. But I'm more curious to see what they do in free agency who they can go after, who's going to make that change to go to another team. That's what I'm more curious about. Because it looks like everybody's setting up to to go after some people out there. And there's going to be people that don't even deserve the money that they're going to get, a la Timothy Mozgov. But, you know, there's going to be some people that's going to be out there and we'll see what teams, NBA teams do and see how they, you know, go after these players. So... Yeah, so which leads to the question, I know there's been a lot of talk about the um, one and done. I know there's been some discussions, and even Adam Silver has came out and said that um, they want to look to address that one and done situation in the next collective bargaining agreement. Now, there has, I heard something, or I think it was, uh, it might have been um, Coach K or somebody else that said they might be in favor of a baseball type kind of draft where you know, they'll draft a kid out of high school, but he might not initially play. Maybe he'll play in a D league to get his, you know, squabbles up and then come up. Or if you do commit to college, then you have to commit to two years of college. So what do you guys think about that? Isn't that what um, football does now? I mean, doesn't the um, college football do that? Because majority of the people I see that go straight into the NFL of oh, three years. I thought it was, yeah, cause I knew it was like junior. I thought it was junior or senior year. Um, where they can, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I, I think they that NBA should follow that model when it comes to college players. Um, anything that one and done to me, because to be honest, let's be honest. If who's to say that these people will actually make it out of three years of college? Well, if you want to sit there and take it with the comparison to college football, college football will take a redshirt sophomore. So, in other words, a registered sophomore can finish his second year, but technically, technically, that's his third year of college because he would have redshirted in his freshman year. I don't know too many basketball players that actually redshirt coming in college, if they do at all. I'm sure they have the option, but I'm sure they probably have more medical redshirts than actual redshirts. But that's how the, NF, that's how the NCAA works, where you have to wait three years out of high school. 
Um, I hear a lot about where a lot of people are in favor of if the player is that nice for basketball coming out of high school, you draft him. But my thing would be if he declares to come out of high school and, you know, for the draft, thinking that he's going to get drafted in the first round and doesn't get drafted, he forfeits his eligibility for college, and then he's left with nothing but overseas basketball. And I think in that, well, overseas or the developmental league, but he stands to make more money over overseas than the uh, developmental league. So then I'm hearing more so, I think I was listening on a draft where a lot of teams in, in, uh, in overseas don't want players that are just one and done because they want to maximize their value as well. So it becomes a delicate balance of can players actually do the one year and get out versus, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it's hurting on both. I mean, I don't know if it's hurting on the college or NBA much more so. I think the more, much more immediate impact is college because you have a lot of one and done, so you're not going to have those teams that repeat. You're not going to have a, like a Duke back in the early 90s or, you know, UNLV or Michigan the Fat Five that was there. We even Florida that, you know, that have won back-to-back champions. You're not going to have the team. You're going to have these, quote-unquote, super college teams that are there for one year, and then they're gone. But what happens is you have all these players going to all these, you know, 10 schools. You know, they're all going to go to a Duke or a Kentucky or, you know, a Georgetown or some of those other power college schools because there's the ones that are always in the tournament. It's always going to get seen. And those are the ones that are always going to go to the draft. You're going to leave all these other colleges, you know, not being able to recruit those top players because everybody who wants to be one and done is always going to go to those same, you know, five or ten schools that you know pick people out the draft. You're going to get lucky with, uh, you know, Marquette Fultz out of Washington or somebody else. But, you know, majority, you're going to see those top five or ten schools always in the top of those drafts. And it's going to – it's making, right, in my opinion – is making college basketball interesting when you get to the NCAA, when you get to the um, March Madness, because you can't really pick a team until you, if you get lucky and then you get to like the Sweet 16 or Elite Eight. But, you know, college basketball overall gets to be very, very watered down because you have top heavy conferences. And it doesn't, in my opinion, get very interesting until you get to March Madness. But to be honest, I completely agree with that Um, because, to be honest, it's not just really college um, basketball as well. It's it's college sports in general when you think about it. I mean, I mean, when you you, all you hear, same thing with college football, all you hear is like powerhouses like Auburn, Alabama. You don't really see that much of a balance when it comes to the top 25 um, where you, you wouldn't see no one new. You'll see the same teams over and over again. Um, gets to a point where if Alabama was to ever drop out of the top 25, um, don't you know, like, that coach would be fired immediately on the spot because they're in such of a high level. And the same thing with basketball. Like, there's – you, you're right when it's – because it's completely watered down. And and I said this before, that I think that college needs to find a way to become more balanced than anything. Um, it would be very difficult to do it, but I think that – they need to find a way to balance things out. And with all these players being one and done in college basketball, like you've seen Coach Calipari at the NBA draft, like 
he was there supporting, I think, four of his players that just went <laughs> in the top 25 of the NBA draft. So, and he, and he's there frequently because you know he's there year after year with at least three players that's going in the NBA draft. And, you know, that's the type of balance that's, I mean, but it's balance that's needed. Like, until then, Kentucky is always going to be the college for the one and done, no matter what, until they change that rule. It's always going to be like if you want to go, if you want to go to the NBA, you know, you can make it in the NBA. Like, I'm just going to spend one year in Kentucky and just, you know, just do that because I know I'm guaranteed the spot in the NBA. It's 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 difficult that way, but that's how some teams, that's, some 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 players, some some college players think that way. Um, but it still needs to change. I, I think the rules need to change so that it helps balance out the college basketball programs, well, college in general, as well as the professional sports as well. Yeah, I'm with you on that because uh, I, I, I think uh, the NBA is kind of watered down a bit just because of the talent level that's coming in, you know. And, I mean, you have your stars – and when I say you have your stars, you have six of the top ten stars on two teams <laughs> in Cleveland and Golden State, or seven, the way you, you know, depending on how you look at it. I don't know where you put Kevin Love and your, uh, your top stars, but you know, if you've got the top fifteen, the top twenty, then Golden State and Cleveland has seven of the top twenty twenty players on on two teams. So when you look at the other. 20, let's say 24 teams in the league who don't have the, the star power, then basketball suffers because it just doesn't, you know, the productivity, the, the style of play just isn't that good because you just have so many players that play at a high level and then you just have those mediocre players that, you know, are getting paid big bucks but just don't produce the way the top players do. It just kind of makes the league kind of boring in my opinion. Whereas if they stayed in, in college for maybe two or three years and honed in on their skills a little bit, maybe big men learn to be big men and, and play the post in college and translate that information, you know, those skills into the uh, into the pros. You know, I understand it's a it's a shooting league now. I understand that threes are a big part of the game, but if you can sit there and dominate the low post. It caused a lot of teams that, you know, the, the, the foul, the foul different amounts of players, then the, the game would change. You know, dynamics would change a bit. So I think I'm in favor of maybe keeping kids in school maybe two to three years just to, just to kind of bring basketball back to where it was and bring college back to where there's some parity. Yeah, I, I, I think, I mean, you even heard we hearing Adam Silver talk about it and the NCAA is talking about the one and done. So I think there's going to be some, there's going to be like an understanding where they're probably going to have to come to some kind of agreement. I think it's going to end up being two years. I think you're either going to have to commit to two years or if you come out of high school and you get drafted, then that's it. But anybody else, if you go to school straight two years and I can, and I'm okay with that. Um, I think if you come out of high school, I think if you're if you're just that LeBron type dude or that Kevin Garnett, and you can like come in and ball, then yeah. But if you're coming out of high school and you get drafted and you're still development, like Kwame Brown, just send him to the D League or something like that for a year. Let him let him you know get his work up. But then that would base say the same thing. Why not send him to college? So either 
If they're in a high school, you let them play, or if they go to college, they gotta stay two years. Well, the question is, is that um, what is gonna end up happening is kids are nowadays is gonna be like, why should I go to college for two years when I can easily um, go overseas and play overseas for a year or two? Um, they could be the next Brandon Jennings or the next um, uh, um, Emmanuel, Emmanuel Moutier. Um, there's going to be people, I, I'll put it like this. Once they make that change, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a spike in people going overseas, especially high school players, because um, they figured they could get paid for a year or two while, you know, while playing, honing their skills, then make the jump into the NBA. But why don't the NBA try to develop a farm system like the MLB? Hmm. I mean, they don't have to develop a farm system where it's as deep, where you got single A, double A, triple A before you go ahead and reach Major League Baseball, but maybe you have some, you maybe have the D League where it's the top prospects to make it to the NBA, but maybe you have maybe a division, maybe two that are underneath the D League, whereas if you got a project to say Kwame Brown, I think Kwame Brown was more of a project bigger than the, the developmental league. I think maybe if he could have went to a league a little bit lesser than the D League where they could really focus on fundamentals and and play players like that and then work their way up through the chain, maybe you can sustain a better a, a better product in basketball, in my opinion, that way. But that's what the D League does. I mean, the D League they I mean, you go there to really don't hone in your skills. And if you've I mean, there's team NBA teams is once they feel as though that you, you know, are an asset, they'll call you up. So I mean, like that's to be honest. I could give a perfect example, being as though you know I, I'm, I'm I'm always talking about the Nets, but like Sean Kilpatrick had to do that, where he had to go into the matter of fact, Jonathan Simmons, um, who played for the Spurs, um, he had to go through the D League and go through the ranks before he honed in his skills and got eventually called up. And now look how he is in San Antonio, where he's about to get a big contract offer based off his performance in the um, NBA playoffs. So. The D-League is doing that. Um, I see what you're saying. You're talking about if they come out of high school, open, you know, make the jump to the D-League first before going to the NBA. Um, I don't know if the, if the D-League, if, if they do that or not. Um, it would be interesting to see if they do. Um, but, but, I mean, but think about those high school players who think they're good enough to, you know, to get drafted straight out of high school and to get the bubble bursts. You know, maybe they get that grade where they say, we think you should go to college, and they're like, no, nah, I don't trust you. I don't believe you. And go, and they don't get drafted. Maybe, yes. Maybe they're not even good enough for the D-League at this point, but maybe they're good enough for a league directly under the D-League to say, you can play in this league to work your way into the D-League to then work your way into the NBA. That's, that's college. <laughs> well, well, or overseas. <laughs> I agree. But maybe, but maybe you can have the overseas work with that league and – and do whatever. But there, there was someone that had a very interesting concept that said that if you're going to then do it like how baseball does is where they'll draft, <coughs> they'll draft the kid, but they'll take his draft rights and he'll still be in college. And then whenever he's time to come, then they can still bring the kid up to, uh, you know, still, you know, bring the kid onto the team as opposed to just sending him to the D league. So let's say Nets, See, I said, kid, I found it. We think you got some skills. Whoop. And draft, whoop. Take your draft rights. 
you don't have to play, you can still go to college. That was an, an idea. I don't think that's going to fly, though. Now nah, that can't fly because NCAA ain't going to allow you to, put, you know, get paid off of their players. So right. until that, until that, they, they got to get paid. <laughs> yeah, if, yeah. Until the NCAA figures out that aspect of it, it's going to be difficult for the NBA to do anything as far as signing, you know, a kid that's going into college. That you might as well eliminate that. Um, that's why it's easier for the kids to go overseas because they could sign a contract. They don't have to worry about the NCAA rules and regulations and get paid while still learning their draft. And then, you know, down the road, there's um, teams that that have um, bird rights or rights to that player but still playing overseas. So they can still develop. Um, there's, you know, it's called the Euro Stash where – They'll draft that person, but they won't bring them on to the team. They'll let them stay overseas and continue honing in their skills. So, but, but what if you? But think about it. Okay, I understand where you say that you have that player who thinks he can come out of high school and get drafted, but then doesn't get drafted, and you think that's where college comes into play. But my thing is, as you're coming out of high school and you declare yourself eligible for the draft. You waive your rights to play in college. And I think that's the key. Don't let them waive their rights if they don't get picked for college. So then it's a free-for-all. So then it's a free-for-all for for those college kids that don't get drafted to then possibly uh, the colleges to go crazy because it'll already be past the signing signing time. For those players for that coming year. So in other words, if the draft isn't until what month is this? June. And the upcoming season isn't until November, they already would have passed their signing time back in November. Then it's a mad dash to see if you can get these kids on camp and be part of your school. <laughs> hmm. So either so either you let them all, either you say you gotta be two wait two years in college to play, or let them come out of high school, or keep the one and done. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how they, 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 they handle this situation because once they handle this situation, it's going to open up a whole Pandora's box no matter what. Um, but right now we're coming towards the end. Um, I didn't even realize the time, but we're coming towards the end. So uh, I'll let you guys, let, me, let them know where they can reach you at. All right, you can reach me on the gram, Twitter, Snapchat, all that good stuff at J-E-R-O-S-S, the number seven, at... Or you can reach me on Twitter at uh, CatDaddy1963. That's CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. And, of course, you can reach me at I am Al Qualls on Twitter and on uh, Instagram. <laughs> I forgot. Um, but I would like to thank you guys. Thank everybody for um, checking us out. Again, catch guys talking sports. Make sure you subscribe. It's on YouTube. It's also on SoundCloud, iTunes, and on the Google Podcast. And until the next time, you guys, y'all guys take care. Westside. <laughs>